0: I'm Brittany, the content and research producer. And I'm Ellie, the media and content producer at Magnify. And welcome to the Magnify podcast, where we co-host aspirational conversations to help you thrive and work through faith.
1: This podcast is a place where we explore all the topics and questions which we all grapple with in our careers and faith. From imposter syndrome, identity, perfectionism, acting and courage, boundaries, really the list could go
0: on. We dig in and get
1: frank about all things work using faith as a backdrop.
0: And through these conversations with dynamic individuals, we hope you'll leave informed, intrigued and inspired in your faith and work life.
1: So, Ellie. Where do you think the success of an idea comes from? Do you believe it's in the
0: idea itself or in the process of executing the idea? I definitely believe that it was in the idea itself. Um, For me, if I wrote down an idea, if I don't think they're good, like as soon as it hits paper, I just disregard it straight away. Um, And you know, it's really weird to think back and think, oh, maybe there would have been ideas that could have been really good if I'd have given it the chance, but because I thought there and then it wasn't good straight away, I just didn't give it the time of day. It does take a bit of a bit of time, a bit of space, a bit of
1: uh taking a step back to to gain some clarity on what it is um and I think alternatively I've also kind of uh hammered away at something that probably wasn't gonna work out anyway um and so learning to kind of you know take your hands off a little bit um and just knowing when to um I guess, knowing when to give up in, in some way yeah. um, and to go and actually apply that energy to something that uh, could be more worthwhile. So while the idea itself definitely plays some part in the end success, refining the idea and strategizing how to apply it also aids its victory.
0: Yeah, for sure. And Lizana Ace Harris, a Grammy award-winning, multi platinum producer who's worked with the likes of Lecrae and Nicki Minaj, has, through the many years of developing ideas with artists, realized the importance of refinement in pushing an idea towards greatness.
1: Yeah, and in this episode, Lasana unpacks how best to refine ideas, how when applying our ideas, we should not be disheartened by potentially limited resources. And he also got us thinking about taking the pressure off the end result of something by putting the success in the process. and That's the final point. We really enjoyed talking to him. So let's listen in.
0: So yeah, we always start off with just an opening question to get to know everyone a bit better. Um, so, if you could only eat one cuisine mm-hmm. for the rest of your life, what would it be?
2: Um, I would say, um, for me, it'll probably have to be um, Liberian jollof rice. Um, so my family's from Liberia, West Africa. I love my African food, so that that'll be something that I would definitely you know have to have every day.
0: Do you make it at home a lot, or?
2: here's the thing see i, I don't <laughs> I don't really make it because like my mama them you know it it's just a it's a certain cultural thing that I feel like I didn't inherit I, I, it, it was passed down but i I'm not doing it right, so you know gotta have like the aunties and the and the moms you know get that right for me, yeah, so.
0: yeah, definitely. what about you, Brittany? What would you go for
1: um yeah, mine would just be like honestly, anything that my family cooks, I'm eating, <laughs> my grandma makes uh, these really good like fried oysters and um it's called like a hake fish cake (laughs) and it's like Mm -hmm. like a salted fish cake with like potatoes um and onions and you kind of like form it and then uh, fry it and she usually does them around the holidays and
0: those are so so good. I think I'd have to go with like Tex-Mex with some like enchiladas, fajitas, tacos, nachos, Mm. you can't go wrong.
2: Okay, okay, I feel that.
1: (laughs) All right. So we like to start off with like a round of quick fire questions um, just to get to know you a little bit better. So first, if you could have a dinner party with three guests from any era, who would they be and why?
2: Definitely Jay-Z. I think he's just super like, um, uh, you know, leadership wise, uh, commercially very successful and someone that kind of came from nothing to something. So and he's, and he's artistic. He's like a hybrid, like he's creative and administrative. So I always like people that that can have that kind of intuition. And then also my favorite Bible character would be Joseph in the Bible, um, because like he was like you know um, in the Old Testament, like he was in you know second in command in the biggest world system, but he was like a follower of God. I thought that was so dope. And I, I would just love to see like like how did you manage that? And it kind of gives me hope even in my spaces to like be in places that your, your perspective is the minority, but you still lead well and serve well, but you don't lead, lose your conviction. So um, third, I would have to probably go with, uh. so we got we got Joseph, we got Jay-Z. Um, who's the one, somebody, Kobe Bryant. Yeah, Kobe Bryant, yes. I feel like that's my favorite basketball player of all time. Sorry to all the LeBron fans, but <laughs> he's just as athletic as any other NBA player with his physique. But his athleticism isn't what made him great. It's his like mental capacity to like push through adversity. So that's why I'm like super hyped about Kobe. Amazing. That
0: sounds like that sounds a good amazing. good dinner party, yeah.
2: Yeah. It'll be it'll be great.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so what's the first
1: concert you attended?
2: Ooh. I mean, mine is some gospel stuff. I mean, I went to the Stella Awards when I was like in I think ninth grade, but like a gospel award ceremony. But I would say my real, real first concert would probably be Freshman year at college, I went to an N.E.R.D. concert um, in Atlanta here. And I I was a super, you know, Neptune fan, Pharrell fan, as you can see by the trucker hat. And um, I just I I was like, "Yo, this is so dope. And it was yeah, it was great.
1: That's a a great first concert. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. So how do you switch off and relax?
2: I mean, it's tough to do that, honestly. Um, It's, uh, you know, you know, workaholic is something that I don't think I'm a workaholic, but I'm Teethering that line you know what I'm saying so uh when I do I, I find time honestly spending time with my family like you know hanging with the wife hanging with the kids and just being present with them me and my wife like to go around and look at houses not because we're trying to buy a house we have this affinity to where we just love real estate and love like dreaming a little bit so any of my friends that have nice houses I find excuses to kind of go over their house so I can <laughs> see, see what they got going on you know kind Guess of
0: Yeah, 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 it's something really aspirational about looking at houses and like where you want to be in like five, 10 years. It just keeps you a bit motivated, doesn't it? But one thing we always have to ask our guests, what was your childhood like? um, And what do you think the values are that have shaped you into the man that you are today?
2: I think my childhood was really, um, you know, great. Um, I feel like I had two loving parents, I had a big family. Um, I'm I'm one of seven kids. My dad's a pastor, uh, founded a church Uh, in Atlanta here that like services a lot of the immigrant uh, Liberian refugees. So my values are really a a product of like faith, um, heritage, Liberian heritage and uh, family. You know what I'm saying? Those things are just kind of and music. My love for music kind of came out of that that kind of ecosystem um, of like, you know, just being around church musicians and African rhythm. Um,
0: And obviously you spoke about that. So you were around a lot of music growing up. But obviously now that you're a nominated Grammy Award producer and you've worked for the names such as Lecrae and Nicki Minaj, um, but was that something you always wanted to do or was that something you sort of accidentally ended up doing?
2: I would say, I mean, I had the gift of music playing drums in my church early on, so I kind of had a knack for it, it's just a natural passion. It grew into production when I got to like ninth grade. And my cousin's boyfriend, now husband at the time, gave me like a, uh, a keyboard, like a a couple thousand dollar keyboard for free. which Shout out to him, Charles Dunbar. And it kind of sparked my interest in production. And from there, I remember being in ninth grade. This is telling; it's definitely revealing my age, but it's all good. Um, <laughs> Jay-Z's, Jay-Z's album had came out, um, Hard Knock Life. And there was a song on there called uh, Jigga Who, Jigga What. And I studied, it was produced by my favorite producer, Timbaland. And I studied every sound in that beat, I'm riding in the back of my brother's car. And just being in the back of the car, just like, enamored with like all these sounds and sonics and being, and I remember in that moment I said, this is, I think I want to do this when I get older. You know what I'm saying? I just kind of pursued it um, like wholeheartedly until I got there. <laughs> Honestly, I just didn't stop, just kept going.
0: And obviously, you obviously had such a passion to be able to end up where you are today. But notoriously, um, going down a creative path isn't necessarily like seen as the safe path to do. Were you ever advised against doing your passion and following, you know, what you thought your calling was? um, And how did you find the belief and trust in yourself to know that you could get there?
2: I mean, most of my support was kind of like pretty uh, healthy. For the most part, people kind of just know how I carry myself. And, and honestly, I went to college too, got a degree, studied marketing, uh, worked full-time in corporate America for like two years. Then I quit my job. And at that point, my dad, who's a pastor, was a little, you know, concerned, but as parents would be when you see how a child this was, and I And I, I, I basically responded to him by recalling one of his sermons, like, hey, dad, remember that sermon you spoke about faith? <laughs> so I kind of like clapped back and he was like, ah, I get it.
1: So yeah, given your... Your work um, being Grammy nominated and everything. What part of the process do you think the success of an idea comes from, and why?
2: I think honestly, the process itself yields the success. You know what I'm saying? And, and for me, the process is where I find the joy because, especially my when I was a little younger, I would place the the the, the uh, you know success too much on the outcome. Like, hey, if we are And of course, you know we are—we live in a capitalist society. We have goals. We have dreams. It's nothing wrong to aspire, or have like things you want to do. But it's just for me, I've—I've kind of grown and still growing in that area of like not letting the goal or the victory or the outcome be like my sense of like joy and contentment. And just try to put more energy in what I can't control. Because we really can't control outcomes. We just can't. Nobody knows what's going to happen. Kobe Bryant can shoot a thousand shots. You know, he may have an off night. Um, That's just the reality of not knowing what's going to happen next. But what we can control, to use my basketball analogy, is like going to the gym before the game and working on our jump shot. What we can control is going to learn new ideas about production and sharpening up my skills. What we can control is, you know, have better eating habits. Maybe what you can control is like, you know, not going out with friends on certain nights or meal prepping for the the things you want to do. So it's like, and then let the results just kind of land where they land. And I, I kind of find a little contentment in that. It kind of takes the pressure off.
0: I was watching a video today, which sort of links into what you were saying, is that so often in society, we sort of focus on the goal rather than the process. And in that space between where we are and where we focus on the goal, there's a lot of anxiety. And in that space, mm. we sort of lose a lot of our passion and a lot of our self and perspective as well, which can just make the whole experience very toxic and negative. So I really love the yeah. idea
2: that- Yeah, I mean, we set goals. I do have things. I set goals on what I can't control. So, like, for example, I have a goal of, like, a certain amount of... I'm supposed to make, like, a certain amount of tracks a week. So I just... I just do my, and, and a certain amount of tracks being sent out to pitch. And then whether people like the tracks, I can't control. What I can't control is how much time I take in making the track good, but I can't control... If somebody doesn't like it, it's just kind of, like, on to the next. You know what I'm saying? That
1: kind of speaks to what you... Something you mentioned, too, Ellie, of, like, just taking out the passion of the... Of- what you're doing because I found that for myself before like I get so focused on like I want it to turn out this specific way and like you know even sometimes even if it happens that way it's like I realized I didn't actually enjoy the whole thing ah! through it. Right. And, then I re- and then you almost like lose the passion for it I'm like why did I start this to begin yeah. with like what was my you know and then like those moments yeah. when you kind of get back to um oh this is why like doing it for the love of it for the most part and when you were doing it for the love of it you weren't concerned with like how it was going to turn out, or any of that. It was just like it's inside of me, and I got to get it out. Right. So we did read something um, that you wrote after making a song. Um, I want to read it so I get it right. Uh, mm-hmm. You said it's important to make sure you have a good idea off top, uh, but even more important to refine that idea and push it towards greatness. Um, how do you think like refining the idea helps the the success of it?
2: Sure. I mean, I was to even preface that I, I would say. I kind of create in two stages. One is like, I learned this at a, um, I was at Stanford for like a creative, uh, design thinking camp. And this model that I I didn't know I was doing instinctively, I kind of employed even more after being there, which was like in the, in the creative process, don't think to create, create to think basically the brainstorming phase of just get it out. Like you said, just get it out, set aside time to just be a kid in the sandbox, a kid with a box of crayons, And you know what? Some stuff is gonna come out garbage. It's just gonna be trash. That's just the nature of creativity. And then but you don't focus on that. You just kinda of just start playing and toying around. And then you may look up and have like three to four really good ideas just because you committed time to just be creative. Then you take out the important ones. Or you give and get feedback from other people and say, Hey, I made these ten things or I wrote these ten blogs or I wrote what do you guys think about them? Oh, I like this one and that one. It'll kinda of re- the good stuff will kind of reveal itself, you know what I'm saying? And from there then we move it down the assembly line of like, all right, revisions. Creative people put too much energy and emphasis on the, on the, on the creative process early. And that kind of creates that anxiety because we're just trying to make it perfect off top. But it's like, yo, you got to get in the zone first. You have to just believe you can fail a little bit and not to pressure somebody on you saying, it's got to be great now. No, it doesn't. Just get it out. But there is a time for that. It's like, okay, we have three good ideas. What's it missing? And then that's kind of like the part that I think separates great good, goodness from greatness is that extra like ten percent to like tweak stuff, get other feedback, prototype, check it out with the consumers. Hey, you guys like the song? Is it good? What can be better? Uh, let's go back to the drawing board. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, I love the idea of that. It doesn't have to be greatness the first time round. You know, that first time you get that idea down, it doesn't have to be the polished end results it's never going to be and I think as creatives that is something like Brittany and I both write as well so it's definitely something I know I do in my own work is you know on that first draft if it's not perfect I'm like oh this just isn't going to work but actually it's just about you know getting opinions from other people going back maybe once you've had a break and just starting with a fresh mind. Okay so the
1: whole idea of scrapping an idea and like starting again that is a big part of the process and I think especially as uh, when me and Ellie talk about writing like that's totally a thing of like okay just because I thought of it first doesn't mean <laughs> yeah this is the one i'm going with ah, um, yeah. but how do you not get disheartened from like starting again i think you touched on it a little bit but just kind of wanted to
2: talk about yeah. it yeah so that's a good point um i feel like you know i'm a, i'm a creative person obviously and you guys are as well and we, we don't we don't like starting over and sometimes our first couple of shots we wanted to be the one but i would say the beauty and creativity is sometimes the two or three not the best ideas, lead to the best idea. So, if we hold, it's almost like, in that brainstorming process I was talking about, you have to be free in letting it out, and just as free in letting it go. You know what I'm saying? Because, it's like, we don't know which one's going to be what. So, just don't you know, hold too much hard, stubborn control over it, because we don't really know what's going to translate. So, I, I try to encourage people, and this is you no know, to myself as well, like, love it, have fun with it, but be free in not just making it, but also free let it go because it take it may take the five it may take five bad ideas to get to the sixth really good one um you just don't know until you kind of stumble forward, but all those little stumbles they're actually helping the creative process it really is it, whether you, it's like it's 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 some it's, it's teaching you oh that didn't work, so I think it's just having a sense of humility and just honesty with the with the with the creative process you know.
0: Definitely, and I think that stumbling as well is part of the refining process as well. Because through that, you get to really, you know, narrow down which ha- which avenue you're gonna you're gonna pursue.
2: Sure, absolutely. Yeah, it's just I, I say don't count it as a loss because you-, you learn something from it. Don't be afraid to suck a little bit. It's okay. It's gonna be just get it out. You know what I mean? Get it out.
0: It's gonna know? come out at some point.
2: <laughs> yeah, just get it out. When you have something good, okay, we got something. Now let's be a little bit more uh, pragmatic, a little bit more. Uh, hard and deciding how to get it to the complete.
1: And I think that's another thing that um, you've actually spoken about a lot too is that just kind of that deep concentration and focus on what it is um, we're doing and I I guess once we get into that zone um, how have you seen your ideas and work change when applying that?
2: Yeah I've definitely seen impact. Kobe's another example of someone who's like he's just a when when you're going to to attack something to do something you have have that uh, like super laser focus Um, and I think that focus is important on any stage, even in like the brainstorming free flowing phase of just being free. I would even challenge us to like, maybe put our phones down, maybe unplug from the internet a little bit and focus on having fun and not checking into everything else. Focus on what you have going on in here and just blocking everything out and letting that kind of creativity kind of like flourish. You know what I'm saying? I I would say so much gets done by not necessarily adding things to do, but cutting out things that you are doing. Like subtraction makes a lot, it makes a, sometimes make a bigger net than addition.
0: Are there any other sort of practical things you do to try and adopt that deep focus when you really need to, you know, get something done?
2: I would definitely say scheduling is very important. It's something I've, this year, last year I definitely have grown in that area and I've seen results, so I'm trying to keep going. You'll be amazed what can happen when you schedule time to do the things that you're supposed to do you'll be amazed at the results
0: yeah i second you on that i've seen a huge difference this year that's something i've like pledged I'm going to do more is sort of set 20 minutes at the beginning of the day and sit down and do hour by hour what I want to get done. And the difference, you know, in mm-hmm. even down to the focus, you know, you are just so much because you want to hit the deadlines, don't you? It's almost like a mini game and I'm quite competitive. So I sort of like, it to, is. you know, play with it and be like, OK, I'm going to get this one done 10 minutes earlier and then I can crack on with the next thing. <laughs> so definitely vacuum it's like- scheduling. <laughs> It's
2: like the calendar <laughs> becomes your boss, low key. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay, I gotta I got five more minutes with me.
1: It, it really helped. Writing it down has actually helped me to like do all of like the preparation that I need to do before that, like before that point. But usually when you try to sit and do it all at once, that's when you're like <laughs> upset because you're like, This was supposed to take five minutes. Yeah, it was taking me an hour. And it's like, well
2: I think Diddy uh, you know, said this and people who don't have Diddy's money, I'm one of them, kinda like sneered at this. He made a comment, he was like You have the same 24 hours in a day i do now i understand the criticism of that i really do i understand that that could be probably from a place of like wealth and privilege because his 24 hours may look a lot different than ours but i think the premise and what he's trying to say there's some like value there which is like hey man i mean sun shines on me it shines on you it rains on me it rains on you we got the same day i mean how did you use your day to do with you, what's important to
1: you. I just want to ask you one more question about ideas, because I think this kind of goes yeah. together, um, of like just kind of that, the I guess like the balance of the tension between like, you know, you have this idea and you want to get things done quickly and efficiently and you want to do them well. Um, yep. But also like, you know, kind of taking a bit of your time with it when it needs to. Like how have you been able to, to do that?
2: I think for me, once we're out of that <laughs> brainstorm phase, we're in that revision phase. In that revision phase, I think once one, one thing's important to think through is like better to do one or two things really well than a bunch of things. It's just okay. In in doing that, we have to almost it's for me, I have to like sometimes say, okay, you know what? These four or five song ideas, uh, these are good. But if I'm being honest, it was fun it was fun being in the sandbox. It was fun revising. But after the feedback, only one of them's kind of rising to the top. Let me just focus on this one, because I'm getting a lot of good feedback. I'm getting a lot of good buy-in on this idea. So Let's, let's just make this one even special, versus, I think what we do is we kind of have a fragmented approach. of like, Oh, this is good. Well, well, well I, I like these three over here, too, but nobody likes them, but I, 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 I believe in them. Okay, all right, go ahead. But you're taking away time from the real special thing to complete the things that doesn't seem to be as special. You can come back to that thing, but why won't you knock out this one thing first and just do it well, push it, push it, revise it. and I think that takes that you got to kind of let go it's tough I, I I struggle with that many times, even with the artists at the label I work at. it is tough to tell for for us to agree like man i really I really thought the the team was going to love this one song they're not liking it, but they love these other two, we have to kind of just be honest there and be like well let's let's put energy into what's um bearing the kind of excitement that warrants completion.
0: And just going off of that, you know, like once you've got that idea and then you've got the one that sort of pops itself up as refined and the one that you're going to go with, the next step is the application of it. And no matter what sphere we work in, whether it's business, entrepreneurship, you know, the creative spheres, we all have to know how to apply our ideas. And timing lends a great advantage in that process as well. Um, and you've spoken a bit about your faith as well growing up. But um, how does your faith help you with the wisdom on the right time of when to apply ideas?
2: It's a daily, like, um, check-in for me. Just having, having, you know, setting, having, like, a, a prayer life or meditation life. Anything that's, like, setting aside a time to let your brain kind of, like... Um, in your heart, for those who are on a spiritual journey. Letting time for, for, for letting, you know, things marinate a little bit. The, the 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 tendency to not have that little time or perspective, by the time the day comes, the application parts, we get really frantic. And we're kind of hurried by the pace that the, you know, the schedules and the deadlines are saying to us. And sometimes we start making not the best decisions because we're, we're operating from like a place of frantic versus peace. You know what I'm saying? So if we can... Um, just kind of like censor our mindset first. And that's how I've done through my faith. It's been really helpful for me to just kind of censor my expectations, censor my perspective. And because the thing is, is as you go through the day, as you try to apply these ideas, there's going to be tension. There's going to be conflict. There's going to be resistance. That's just the nature of life. When I'm playing an idea that I really believe in, I already start in my head uh, thinking about the objections that people would have on it. If people really don't love it, I've already kind of grounded my my feelings a little bit.
0: Yeah, and I think as well, when you're creating an idea, and I find that really interesting that you say you sort of almost think about the objections that might come forward. That almost sets you up for even more success in the long run, because you're going in having thought, you know, okay, what could be attacked? So you've got to think, you know, what's wrong with this? How can I improve it from the start? Which in the long run, although it's hard, like you said, it's still you know, it's hard to be a critique of your own work and to also hear it back. But equally, mm-hmm. in the long run, it sets you up for better ideas next time. So how do you work with what you've got whilst also balancing the knowledge and trusting the process that you'll end up with what you need in order to get to where you want to go?
2: That, that is like, I, I definitely run into that a lot with creative people in, in my space. The, the, the commentary I get is, I don't have, I don't have, I wish I need more, I need more. To be honest... We're always going to need more things. See what you can do with what you have. And I know that sounds trivial to some people who are like, don't have as much. And to somebody who has had more to say that, it looks like, it may look like, well, you know, you can say that easy. But I, I guarantee you, I didn't start with what I have now. I started with a little bit. Be faithful with little things and you'll be entrusted with more. Like it's a, it's a very simple concept, but tough to apply. And um, you'll be amazed what you can do when you really look at and survey all the things you do have, whether that's the relationships you may have, the resources you may have, when you just zoom out for a little bit, just kind of like, yeah, just kind of survey and see what you can do with what you've got.
1: I'm curious for, specifically because you work in music, like, have you seen, because we do talk about that a lot of like, you know, we start, starting with what you have, it leads you to the more, like for your process, like, have you seen, I guess kind of, what's the differences that you've seen in like, you starting with that first keyboard? <laughs> to, like, you have access yeah. to, like, so many things now, like, what do you, do you feel like the music is, like, different, or do you feel like it just, like, increased your your ear or anything in that way?
2: Yeah, that I mean, sense. I remember, no, I mean, I remember on the keyboard that I had, this is, like, okay, I'm definitely talking my 80s, but it was a Workstation Korg brand of keyboard, and it had 16 tracks on it. Now, software today in production has unlimited tracks, but it, like, I only had 16 tracks, so I I was sometimes more decisive on production. It it taught me how to be decisive. How to, like, if I'm going to use this sound, it has to really count because I only got 15 left, you know what I'm saying? In my college years, when I was interning and then when I graduated from college, worked in corporate America and went full-time in the music, I didn't have it. I I literally saved up my full-time money to basically, you know, explore for a year. And it it was in that moment where I would just network all around the city and build relationships, build contacts. And a lot of times the tendency for people to network is, speaking of resources, they're trying to always shoot high. I want to get in front of this label and this person who has this, you know, this these accolades. That's okay to do. But I, I found a lot of beauty in like networking across and horizontally with peers who were doing the same thing I was doing. Writers, producers, artists, managers. And looking back 10 years later, those same people I was networking with are like running the music industry.
0: Um, and I guess sort of on that thread, um a lot of the time you know when you're starting out or even just when you've been doing it for a while but you've got a new idea you have an end goal in sight but actually you speaking about then you know how you network network vertically and horizontally that was very you know it's very innovative of the time and thinking ahead and actually adapting to the circumstance and how important has it been to be able to let go of the end goal and just be able to focus on the here and now and what you need to innovate right now to be able to get to the end goal you know what's been your experience with that?
1: Mm, yeah,
2: that's really good. I, yeah, I think um, it's a, a model that's been helpful to think through that for me, which I, I, I got to shout out Stanford again. I learned a lot a, a year ago, which is the explore phase and the exploited phase, which is like most businesses operate on the exploited phase, meaning we're here to you know do what we do, create products, you know, develop them, put them out, sell them, exploit the, exploit the product for mass consumption, commercial impact. That's everybody knows it. That's like Capitalism 101. But they challenged that model and said, okay, yes, we all have to exploit. We all have to work. We all have things to do. But we also have to carve out time to have an exploratory phase. Meaning, if because what we're doing is working, but who's to say it's always going to work? What are the trends that are coming behind it? What are our blind spots that we don't see that could really like set what we're doing off course? So it's, it's challenged me to like basically, okay, as much as I'm, I'm tasked to like set out time to work and develop ideas and work the pragmatic side of my thinking, it's like, I have to set out time to explore. I have to set out time to listen to new music, to find what's going on, what trends are happening. Because if you don't, you'll become a dinosaur.
1: I was actually watching an interview recently with um, Questlove, and I can't remember how many, I forgot what he called it, but he has like a point, like twice in his day. I think he said he listens to like a hundred new songs like he challenges himself to listen to like a hundred new songs every day you know wherever you are in your career you do need to know what's happening what the current landscape is you know like regardless like you need to know and to also be excited about that to like see okay who's creating good stuff now you know
2: Um, I'm, 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 I'm definitely taking that nugget (laughs) Anything wrong with that, that's great.
0: And obviously some of the ideas that we come up with and want to succeed don't always succeed. Um, But in your own work, have you seen your own ideas, which you really hope would work out, but might not necessarily have done in the way that you would have hoped? Um, And how have you come over overcome this to sort of get up and focus on something new?
2: We had this song um, uh, by Lecrae uh, on his album called Drown, featuring John Legend. And we thought that the song was really special it, it, I think it is still to this day. And it kind of hit in the middle of Corona. We did our part to make the song as best as we could. And I, I, I we really hoped, we, we, had, we did all that processing and thinking. and we, <clears throat> we thought it would basically hit a little stronger, to be frank. And it's still doing really well. But I think it was one of those things where like, we can't, things we can't control. Um, so that was, it's like, ah, uh, it, it kind of had to swallow that one. But hey, the, on the flip side, another song off that same album got nominated for a Grammy that I produced on. So it was like, oh, I thought I was going to, I thought I was going to be this one. And it was, it was this song. So like the story still unravels in a way that speaks to success. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, definitely. That's really
1: cool. I was going to ask too of like, I think with that, because we don't know which ideas are going to be the ones that take off, but have, um, cause I actually think that that album was very timely <laughs> for now. Um, do you, have you also felt like there are times when like we create things that, You know, sometimes it might not speak directly to what we're what's going on right now, but it's gonna come. But it's gonna speak to what's coming. You know what I mean? Like it's actually gonna help you Mm -hmm. later on. Like even if it's not resonating exactly the way you thought right now, like maybe Mm -hmm. this is about to be the thing that helps it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think it. You know, it definitely that, that 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 happens. I think that's a that happens, and you just have to, you know, create, let go, release, and you know, Rick Rick Rubin said this something that really stuck with me. He said don't make music for the times, make music for the ages, and I was like, wow, basically and, and that that kind of gives me peace when I look about when I look at songs that you put out that don't maybe do as well currently, but you, you really fought to give it the best, like integrity creatively and it spoke to something, and you just have to mis release and just think about that song in the context not in a year or like a billboard chart, but in the in the totality of of, of of the age that we're in and think about, hey, did we, did we put out some music that resonated with people and inspired people? And maybe the metrics don't tell the full story and we have to be okay with that and, and not let our success be limited to, like, sales, exploitative, and metrics, you know what I mean? So, yeah, definitely, definitely, it's good to kind of hear that, hey, you say that. <laughs> Appreciate that. I
1: was going to say, how do you feel like your um, faith has influenced your work? Like, I'm, I know it's the foundation of it, but what are the ways... Some of the
2: other ways. Yeah, I think definitely musically, you know, it's just you you want to you want to put out stuff that you feel like is inspiring the world. But it's more about my perspective in those environments, which is like I feel like um, you know, just having contentment uh, and having walking like doing things with excellence and being in rooms with people who who may not see the world the way I do, but carrying myself in a way that plants seeds for them to consider. Right. So it's like. Being a light, being someone that points to something greater than the superficial desires to get plaques and trophies and awards. It's like, yeah, that stuff will come. But I've been in rooms with people, and I have those things to be honest. And I've been in rooms with people who are not, you know, believing in, in God, and they value that stuff more. And I have to. And I, it's interesting when I interface with them, and they reveal. It's revealed that I have things that they are looking so hard to get, and they're like, oh. And I, it kind of it helps me and help, I think help them see the world differently. But it's like, hey, man, um, yeah, I have these things, but it, ain't, it don't make me. I mean, I, I, you know, God willing, I'll get some more. But if he doesn't, cool. I'm, I'm at peace. I'm at peace with the things that, where I'm at. And I think that helps people to just look at the world and what we're doing differently. Doesn't mean you can't aspire. Be aspirational, but in a way that appreciates what's really important.
1: Thank you so much for talking to us. Those were great
2: thank y'all man y'all y'all are doing a great thing I appreciate y'all for having me I really appreciate you Ellie and Brittany
0: So I just really enjoyed our conversation with Lusanna I had some really great practical um, tips I think on how you know you refine your ideas and the importance of it as well um, in the process whatever if that's creative if that's in business um, and I really really loved how he spoke about you, how you need to critique your work before you even present it to someone, before you even show it to someone you need to think about, okay, what are the holes in this? In the long run, it just builds you up for more successful ideas and it builds your skills up as well.
1: It kind of goes hand in hand with another point that he made that I I really took to heart was, um, I'm paraphrasing, but essentially hold it loosely. Yeah. Anything that you, any idea that you have or whatever, just, you know, kind of having the humility to say, hey, this might not be might not be the one and that's okay, yeah. you know, or like I worked hard on it, and I really believe in it, but it might not be what everyone else is excited about and that's okay, you know? Like hold it loosely, let it go. Like be open enough to like new ideas coming in, but also being open enough to ideas going out. And I think that's almost a strength in being able to critique your own to critique your own work is to you should definitely care about it and be and be with it. it should be like a part of you but not so much to the point that like if a critique comes it becomes personal and i've struggled with that before of like to me my ideas are like very personal if you reject the idea you've rejected me and it's like that's not the case whatsoever yeah um, definitely you know it just was that that one might not have been
0: it and that's totally fine when you think okay what's wrong with this before I show it to anyone else how can I improve this you go in knowing you've done everything you can and if they still you know think it's not the right thing then it's easier to let go because you know you've you know worked to your best with what you've been given and I think when you've done that as much as like you're almost like this was my everything and it's still not enough you could think that but equally you could think okay it just wasn't meant to be this time and I think that is easier as well and being able to hold it loosely and I think as well it brings the joy back to the process when you're able to let things go as easily as things come as well because you're never going to be out of ideas you know it's something that's always going to come even if one that didn't work out you're never going to be in a place where you can't try something new. I love that conversation about scheduling and like really planning your day and something else
1: you said that stood out to me was um again i'm paraphrasing not saying it exactly but um you know you become you begin your day with like the tension in mind almost you know like you begin your day already kind of like prepared that like okay there's a couple of things that might not go my way or might not go the way that I thought yeah um, but I'm ready for them
0: but yeah and it's such you know the things that we were speaking about you know like the scheduling and turning your phone off to encourage the focus so that you're able to refine those ideas they're such they're things you hear all the time but actually and they're, they're so simple and they're so easy to put into place but they make the world of difference like they really really do and if you would have said this to me like six months ago I'd have been like yeah yeah I know it all but actually like having a you know, having done it for the past couple of weeks, I have noticed such a huge difference. Well, that just made me think of
1: something else we talked about in the conversation, which was so good, like really was gold. Sometimes subtraction is your your best bet. It isn't always that you need like another app or that you need like another process put in place. Sometimes you just got to take some things out and that is so freeing. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. If you know anyone who might love this episode too, go ahead and share it with them. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. We love to hear your thoughts and it really helps us out.
0: And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe to our email list, which you can find on the Magnify website, where you'll get connected and informed with even more inspiring content. And also our inbox is always open. So if you have a topic you want us to chat about, or if you have something that you just want to add to our conversations, you can email us at ellie